Hello, welcome to Women of Substance. I have my very special person in my whole life right here with me, uh, Reverend David Horton, my <laughs> husband. And I'm so excited when he does podcasts with me because we just have fun, don't we? We do. <laughs> yeah. You get to watch us have fun. Yes. And hopefully you will be encouraged and inspired by this uh, kind of a, um, I, I, it might teach, we might teach a little bit, but I think uh, mostly we're going to talk mm. about some vision in our life and uh, it's so exciting. And then also um, from our experiences in the past and how God can call you to do some things and how you step out in faith and, and do those things that seem sometimes impossible <laughs> and, and how the enemy fights you the whole way. Oh through. my. But how you come through victoriously. So uh, anyway, I think you'll get a lot out of this today. That's that's our prayer for you. So David, yes. you're going to ask me some questions. Yeah, I'm kind <laughs> of supposed to be the interviewer today, <laughs> which is dangerous because my mind kind of runs one thought to the next and I'll, I, I'll often be talking to Scarlett or whoever and I'll say, I have just discovered that I'm in the weeds with this, like <laughs> meaning I'm not on the, I'm not on the main golf course anymore. I'm over here in the weeds with the alligators, you know, uh, and I'm not even playing golf. I'm trying to see if that plant will transplant or what, you know, whatever. So <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best to try to stay on target, but you know, we were, I think that that theme that you just um, basically announced was you know um trusting god and and being obedient um i i've done a teaching for many years now i feel i feel revelation to me is you know the bible says there's no revelation that's a private interpretation in mm -hmm. other words this isn't just something that's only to me in fact i've shared it with as many people worldwide as i can and that is the um that is the concept of of how to activate miracles you know because yeah. we've had an attitude um let's just talk for a second about the gifts of the spirit because sure. um you know one of the gifts of the spirit the nine gifts mm -hmm. is um working of miracles right which oftentimes goes hand in hand with the gift of faith um and sometimes if it's a healing miracle it will be gifts of healing mm -hmm. and we've always sort of identified those as the three power gifts that right. that operate in the evangelist office. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, it's available to the whole body of Christ. It's not just to the evangelist. Right. Uh, a pastor can operate in that. Mm -hmm. uh, an a, a teacher, a, a, a prophet, uh, or a believer who That's is right. being used of the Lord in a special way. So, you know, we're not saying that this is exclusive, but it seems to be more prevalent. It mm -hmm. seems like it just seems that way to be more prevalent in the uh, ministry of an evangelist. And so, um, you know, we are, um, you know, operating in some things like that. And one of the things that occurred to me was um, that it seems like that in, in, especially in word of faith circles that we had a strong emphasis on the uh, gifts of of um you know the vocal gifts or whatever they're called mm -hmm. you know the um uh, word of word of knowledge word mm -hmm. of wisdom and prophecy and um you know the these these is that right am i well um the auditory was was like uh tongues interpretation tongues and, and interpretation prophecy. and prophecy and then also a word of knowledge word of wisdom and yeah. so uh, word of knowledge seems to be more prevalent than word of wisdom. I didn't mean to get up yeah. into a teaching on nine gifts, but I'm trying to <laughs> say something. Here. Yeah. And like I told you, I can get in the weeds. <laughs> discerning the spirits discerning is, is in that group. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, back to that. It seems that we were taught, you know, by great people. Yeah. If you want to operate, for example, in word of knowledge, or let's just a more simple Thing of tongues and interpretation yeah you just step out by faith and do it you know mm -hmm. and uh, if you if you have any unction at all even if you don't have unction and you're wanting to to uh 
be more uh, proficient in that gift. Uh, when you have opportunity by faith, you step out mm-hmm. and uh, the Holy Spirit then, you know, connects and, and joins and helps you. Right. Right. Well, when it came to to um, miracles, it seemed like that the whole mood would shift to, Lord, you do the miracle. Now, Lord, we'll do the word of knowledge. We'll hook up with you and we'll speak out what you the utterance and we'll give it. But when it cut or, you know, or or uh, a prophecy mm-hmm. we'll prophesy. But, uh, you know, start start in the flesh and end up in the spirit kind of thing. But when it came to miracles, it was like all this mysticism around it. Even yeah. in even in our word circles, the mysticism around miracles of, well, the Lord will have to do that. And that's his sovereign move. And well, you'd really get the preaching about, you know, it's as the spirit wills. And if he doesn't do it, then you can forget it. And 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 the idea that if there's a miracle that's going to take place, God's going to just drop it out of the sky and right. he'll just do it. And I've heard so many people, friends of mine prophesy, there's going to be some great meeting and uh, all the gifts are going to operate and no man's going to be involved. It'll just be all God. Right. Well, that's unscriptural. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Talking word here. Here's the word. The no, there is no example in the Old or New Testament where God did anything by himself with the exception of the creation mm-hmm. <laughs> of the earth right. and everything else, including what Jesus did. Jesus, as a man on the earth, obeying God, mm-hmm. cooperated with the will of God and ended up, you know, being our, our redeemer. Mm-hmm. So I said all that, Scarlett, to say um, that if you look at miracles in the New Testament, uh, what Mary said on the first recorded miracle of Jesus was whatever he says to do, just do it. Yeah. And so I used to have um, a series, CD series years ago called Just Do It, based on that. Mm-hmm. Whatever uh, And whatever miracle you need, the seed for that miracle is already in your life, mm-hmm. and you just need to exercise or activate that seed. Now, that seed could be a, a, a monetary offering, tithe, something like that. Or it could be something you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, go somewhere, call somebody, write a letter, do, I mean, just different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, piece of art in your home or whatever that's so valuable, you know, sew that or so, you know, the Lord will show you something yes. to do with what you have as the catalyst. And it, it, again, always our flesh fights it. Well, it can't be that simple because. I need this huge miracle, so I have to do this huge seed of obedience, you know, uh, to the command of faith, uh, to to get the miracle to go, to right. activate it. But you'll notice, like um, Naaman, all he was told to do was go dip seven times in Jordan. Well, are you near the Jordan? Yes, right there. Do you have legs to get there? Yeah. yeah. Can you walk? Can you dip? We'll get to dipping. <laughs> and it's but it insults us, and he even got into a thing argument with his uh, Gehazi guy, right? And he said, "Well, what? <laughs> why? I, I, why can't I go dip in another river? That's a nicer, nice, one. a nicer river. <laughs> you know, I want to go to the Ritz Carlton River, not the Motel Six. So, uh, you know, he's like, he's like, um, you know, arguing over which river to dip in. Yeah, and the whole dipping thing is almost ridiculous." <laughs> But it's ridiculous because it's so simple. But the question is, can you do it? Right. And so if you look at every miracle, you know, Jesus said to the servants with the wine, turning the water into wine, the first recorded miracle, he said, um, get the water pots. Well, are there water pots there? Yeah. Well, we don't need water, water pots. We need wine jugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to make, we're going to make wine. So get the water pots and fill them with water. Is there water? Yeah, there was water there. And so they filled them with water and then serve it to the, to the uh, director of the wedding mm-hmm. feast, you know, the governor of the feast. In other words, just the caterer or whatever, yeah. I guess, guy in charge of the party. He said, sir, sir, serve it to him first. Let him sample it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so was the man there? Yeah. Did they have a cup? Yeah. Could they pour it? Yeah. And it said, when he drank the water that was turned into wine, it didn't say when he drank the wine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it turned into wine till the water touched his lips. Yeah. And so the point is, is 
all that was doable. Mm -hmm. So in, in believing for a miracle, whether it's financial or money to put on a meeting, which is where we're at <laughs> with uh, some things coming up or build a church building or whatever, yeah. um, you, you, you'd use and do what you have in your hand to do. Yeah. And then you trust God for his part, which is the big miracle part. Exactly. But he's not going to just do it by himself and you just hold your breath and cross your fingers and rub your rabbit's foot waiting. Right. And I really think, I think that this right here, this principle that we're talking yeah. about is throughout the word. You see it yes. again and again and again, if you, if you start looking for yes. it. And I think that this is where uh, many times we have come short of seeing the miracles of God yes. and doing the will of God and seeing our yes. visions come to pass is because I'm not, let me just talk about me because I get a little scared when the Lord says, <laughs> do this, do this. Yeah. And then I'll do that. You know, yeah. I want him to do that first and then I'll do this. Right. But, um, we have to be the ones that, you know, go and dip in the, in the river or go and, you know, and for um, the water, that's really faith, isn't it? You just, yeah. You, step out and you, you, you know i think that many times we miss it because you know we're the natural mind gets in the way well and then sometimes the natural mind will say well what if it what if this action that you're taking doesn't work yeah well what if it doesn't you're no worse off than you were exactly i mean <laughs> i mean if if yeah. if naaman would have gone and dipped seven times and it was just some crazy cockamamie charismatic idea you know yeah. something um, indigestion instead of the spirit of God speaking through right. the prophet, you know, he could have gone and dipped seven times and came up and still has leprosy. Well, I mean, he's no worse off than he was, No, but by doing it and obeying the, the voice of the spirit, mm -hmm. uh, through the prophet, uh, he was able to experience a great miracle of healing. Right. So it, you know, I, I just, I, my question is I'm supposed to be interviewing and I'm just hogging the mic. <laughs> But the um, the um, question that I have for you is, can you give us a story or an illustration, a testimony of maybe something you stepped out in faith and did, and yeah. maybe there wasn't money there to do it or whatever? Right. Yeah. I think that um, personally, the Lord showed me what I needed to do uh, some years ago, and that was have the Gulf Coast Conventions. At that point in time, they were called Gulf Coast Women's Conventions. And my fr dear friend, Louise Roberts, she started. Y'all let David Ellis come. He yeah. was not a woman. No. We he like... played the piano. We... <laughs> the first that's when, I'm just saying. That's when the Copeland. There's always an exception. That's when Gloria Copeland met him. Wow. Well, that's, see, what, look that's, what that, that connection, connection took was. place at the Gulf Coast Women's Convention. In Orange Beach, Alabama. So many things have happened <laughs> yeah. as a result of these meetings, powerful things like that, because now he's still playing for Brother Copeland. Yeah, isn't that something? And such a blessing to his ministry and vice versa. Yeah. But anyway, um, so uh, I went to to this first meeting. It's been over 30 years ago, David. Yes, that I went over to uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. I heard that Patsy uh, was going to be preaching, Patsy Caminetti, and I don't even know how I heard it. And I said, I'm taking my two babies, my children, and a helper so that they can yeah. babysit and keep them while I go to the meetings. And I didn't tell anybody at the church. I yeah. thought, I just need to get away and hear the word. Yeah. So Praise I went God. over there to the Gulf Coast Women's Convention, and Louise was so nice, you know, just very yes. cordial and oh it was such a blessing that i felt guilty for not bringing all the women in my church <laughs> because i thought oh they've all missed this you know yeah so then yeah. i started thinking every year we'll we'll do this yeah and we did we went uh there were different places that she would have it kind of in the same area yeah but uh we would all go right. every year well, uh, there came a point where Louise said i'm you know i'm not going to do these meetings anymore for a while and um she said, would you like to do it, Scarlett? Well, I, this is just being real honest, you know, I thought these cost so much money. <laughs> it costs so much money to do these meetings. And I thought, I just don't think that I can be in charge and have that responsibility. Right. That's where I was. I'm being honest, you know. 
So I said, no. And then a couple of years later, the spirit of God started dealing with me about the meetings. He said, you need to do these meetings. So I called Louise and I said, is the offer still on? Can, can I do these meetings? And she said, yes, absolutely. So we started Gulf Coast Women's Convention. Well, the first, you know, we had a very, I had a very small church at that time, very small, less than 20 people. And again, we're looking at a huge budget for these meetings. Even if you cut everything, as they say, to the bone, yeah. <laughs> bare, bare minimal, it's still thousands and yeah, thousands of dollars. A lot of, of money. People don't realize that. To, you know, do transportation yeah. for speakers and rent the building and the sound equipment yeah. and pay the, you know, people to, you know. Right. And, and meals, meals. Restaurant meals. And- and uh, accommodations and uh and then you know you want to give your speakers an off- offering you know? so yeah. it's just it adds up really fast right so i told the lord i said you know god you're gonna have to really help me because you know we're a very small church and like he doesn't know uh and you know this is our budget and whatever and the lord said he spoke to me pretty clearly and said it's time for you to stop going to meetings and to start having meetings. Wow, amen. And that was my word from the Lord. And he didn't mean stop going altogether. He just meant, you know, take, in other words, grow up. You take on some responsibility and stop going around everybody's meeting and, you know, (laughs) sucking off of them kind of. You have your own meeting now. Grow up and you do it. It's almost like when you uh, stop being parented and start being a parent. Sure. It's... There's a joy there, but there's a lot of responsibility. Yes. So people don't really want to do it as much, right. you know. So getting to uh, your, uh, you know, the principle that you just shared, stepping out yeah. um, and doing what God said to do, I had that word, okay, I am going to have meetings, which meant to me, God's going to pay for it, yeah. you know, and he did. We had that first meeting we had in Panama City Beach. It was amazing. The spirit of God came in. We, I, I had no idea it would be so powerful. Mm. And it really changed a lot of people's lives. It helped so many people. We saw people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed, all the this yes. wonderful elements of a meeting. And uh, from that time on, we had it every year. And then the spirit of God said, I want you to have two a year. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Now, my church had grown, but not that much. No, we're not talking mega churches here. No, we're not talking mega. We're talking mini. M-I-N-I. M-I-N-I, yeah. Anyway, two a year. I'm going to, you know, this is taking every ounce of faith I have. Yeah. But um, again, I went back to the word. I want you to start, stop going to meetings and start having meetings. If if I can interject here, something cute, brother. I know how you feel because, you know, it's like you, you feel like you're, you're, you're believing God with everything you have stretched, as we say, with faith, right. you're stretched as far as it's going to, the rubber band's going to stretch. It's going to exactly. break. You feel like this is going to break right. and snap me in the face or something. <laughs> and it's like brother Hagan said, he took all the faith he had to believe God for the, to buy their personal house or, yeah. or rent it or whatever. And, uh, to get it, you know, obtain it in some way. And, his wife Aretha walked in and said, "Honey, we're gonna have to get new curtains for this house." And he said, "Don't hang your curtains on my faith." He <laughs> said, <laughs> "I love. It. Don't hang your curtains on my faith." He said, "I've stretched out as far as I can go. If you want to believe God for curtains, knock yourself out." <laughs> and she did, face. and she got curtains. But Aww. you know, I mean, sometimes you feel like, "Don't hang that on my faith," right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's like being a pastor of a church and you, you've done everything you can to, you know, to buy the building or get in. And somebody yeah. says, we need a bus ministry. <laughs> we can yeah. start with six buses. They're only 300,000 a piece, you know, and it's exactly. like, which one are you buying? <laughs> yeah. And paying the insurance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gas. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. I no, just it's that was all, cute. that's hysterical. But you said that he said, do two. Yeah. Do two. Do two meetings a year. <laughs> So we started doing one in the fall and one in the spring. Now, what happened in the middle of all this, we had one in particular meeting that was, again, so powerful. And Pastor Scott Webb was there. Um, he, I, was an or, I was ordaining a person, and 
he came and a, another pastor came because they were going to lay hands on this person yeah. that I was ordaining. So because there it was a women's meeting. Yeah. Well, when I got up to speak, the Spirit of God said, have Pastor Scott preach. And I said, right now? He said, yeah. <laughs> so I said, Pastor Scott, you've got this meeting. You come on up here. Well, he preached amazingly. Yeah. He said it was his first woman's meeting ever <laughs> that he preached in. And uh, that's when the Spirit of God said to me, um, you know, Florida State University was used to be a girl's school. Oh, I didn't know that. All girls' right. school. And uh, I saw a little vision of that because I, I was in Florida State yeah. getting, getting my master's. Right. And then I saw how huge the campus has grown and what a tremendous football team and all the things, the extra things they can do now that they open it up for co-ed. Yes. And I thought, I, I know it was the Spirit of God telling me, open this meeting up to men and women. Yeah. And call it Gupco's Convention. So we did at that point, And uh, we started seeing so many ministers, pastors mm. come with their wives and really be refreshed. Yes. Kind of like the first one that I went to. Yes. That I snuck off from my church. You know? Right. And, uh, and it wasn't like we just targeted ministers right, to right. come. It was just the Spirit of God drawing them. Yes. And so many of them told me this has been so, I have learned so much this week yes. or my, my uh, heart's been touched. I feel refired, rekindled, re, re, yeah, re, renewed. And I think it's good for especially ministers to get away and get out from under the responsibility of a church uh, to meeting of their responsibility yes. and get uh, taught and blessed because of um you know you can sit there and if something's going wrong like the sound or whatever you don't have to get up and go fix it right you just say well sorry sorry i'm on vacation here. yeah but it is nice you know uh, we used to have the transparencies with the words yeah the of course worship. yeah overhead projectors and uh, you know they then i would be at my church with the transparency and i'd be looking up there and there's a word spelled wrong yes did that ever happen to you well Sometimes. Sure. Sometimes. So I've seen misspelled words. Then the whole the whole time I'm thinking, why is that word misspelled? We should be, you know, proofreading yes. this and that we look like idiots. Yeah. And, you know, always falls on the pastor. I know. So in we a take everything personal. In a meeting. There's a piece of trash in the parking lot. People are going to leave by the droves. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, when I was at Louise's meeting, when she started having these. I didn't care if the transparency was upside down, you know, it didn't, yes. I, I, it was so freeing just to go and receive. And so this meeting since then has really been a refuge and a, just a re refreshing for, for everybody, but right. especially ministers. Right. And um, so that's been one of the characteristics of it. I think it's been good for that. Also, we just let the Holy spirit move Yes, and um, allow him time to do what he wants to do. And, you know, if he's not especially doing uh, like the gifts of the spirit, whatever, then we just teach. And it's been wonderful, right. powerful. So um, we've done this for years now. Um, and then we've never canceled, canceled one. But I'm telling you right up to some of the times that we I hope this is inspiring you to do what God's called you to do. This is what this is about. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. So that you step in and you be determined to do it. Because yeah. it's going to take some fortitude to uh, do this uh, kind of thing. And then, so this one, David, that we were going to do, um, I was going through a difficult time personally, and a very difficult time. And uh, here comes this meeting, you know. Mm -hmm. that's, and mm. uh, so I remember being at the uh, Staples, you know, getting some copy paper to for reserve seating or something i had my little grandson with me and i just was under a lot of pressure thinking about this meeting the finances you know the whole thing and all of a sudden uh I, i'm getting a phone call i'm at the register paying and i get a phone call and i took got the phone up and um i said hello and and this man we know kenneth copeland he said, hey, this is Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> I thought it was one of those recordings that he sends out, you know. Yeah. And I just about hung up because I did. I was at the register. Yeah. 
And he said, is this Scarlett? And I said, this is not a recording. This is this man. <laughs> I said, hi, Brother Copeland, you know, and he said, I just wanted to talk to you for a minute and encourage you. Wow. And I burst into tears and, you know, yeah. walk outside and try to talk to him and tell him I didn't tell him. I didn't even tell him I was going through a rough time or anything. Right. I just said, thank you so much for calling me right now. You have no idea what this means to me, you know, and he prayed. And, and I never told him about the meeting. I never told him about the thing. I just let him talk. And it was very, very nice that he called to encourage me right then at that point. Yes. So I think that God will give you these little lights um, all along that, you know, really help you yes. <laughs> get to. Yes. We had the best meeting. That meeting was the most attended. We had 850 and it was uh, the, the the best financial meeting that we've ever had. Yeah. We gave our guests, you know, so much money yes. for coming and they were so blessed for their ministries to be able to you yes. know, help their ministries. And um, we had money left over for the next meeting, you know, so it was glorious. Yes. But boy, the devil fought it. Well, I, I thought about something you said that right before the meeting or during the time of the planning that it, it was one of the worst attacks. Yeah. Uh, that is that is so often the strategy of the enemy. Yeah. The You know, um, <laughs> Tammy Baker. And then I think um, Richard Roberts recorded that song, Don't Give Up on the Brink of a Miracle. Oh, and so wow. oftentimes we're right on the brink of a miracle and mm-hmm. uh or a, or a manifestation of the miracle and uh that it seems like that the time of when the miracle is going to take place is when it's the darkest it's the roughest mm-hmm. uh i know people that's been healed of cancer and different things and they said right before their healing manifest it was the worst night they'd ever had or mm-hmm. the you know the worst manifestation of the sickness the yeah. symptoms right and and then you know they they just felt like why why i just should just give up and die but something inside them you know gave them the courage to go forward yeah and they just held on and didn't quit and you know again that's uh you know pastor ken hagan jr he always one of his uh famous lines is he says i cannot be defeated and i will never quit somebody <laughs> wrote a song about that that's i think so brother good. copeland sang that one too <laughs> I cannot be defeated and I will never quit. And so, you know, if that becomes part of our DNA, you know, mm-hmm. of faith of I cannot be defeated. In right. other words, it looks like I'm already defeated. Yeah. But I cannot be defeated and I will never quit. And uh wow, you know, that is just an amazing uh you know, code yeah, to is. live by, you know, or whatever. Um but I thought about that. Um, you know, about right before, you know, again, you had this greatest meeting you'd ever had. Mm-hmm. Now here is, you know, personal problems that uh, the personal problems alone would have, we, we won't go into detail because a lot of it's, you know, private, but uh, the personal problems alone would have been enough to sink the average person mm-hmm. and put, throw them into a depression. Right. And, um, you know, have to fight their way out of that for about, uh, two years before they would have put on any meeting right and so i just think that um sometimes again it's the the storm is the roughest you know some of these things become almost cliches but they're true mm-hmm. true there's a lot of truth to cliches yeah but the storm becomes the roughest right before the calm yes and seems the most violent and mm-hmm. i thought of brother hagan again his stories are just lived don't they um about you know, he was at this church and he was believing God for, I think, $150 a week. And he would always say, that doesn't sound like much now, but that was, that would, that would float our whole boat, you know, in those days. Right. And so you imagine what your weekly budget is for your home or your church or your business. And, uh, you've got to, you've got to make the minimum of that to make it to start the next week, you know? Yeah. So that was his minimum was 150 well, you know, he goes to a church, he's believing God. The pastor wants to know how, you know, how much are we believing God for? Mm-hmm. And Brother Hagin said, I don't want to tell you. And the guy said, <laughs> yeah. well, I need to know. I want to join my faith. And Brother Hagin said, well, I'd rather you just remain neutral. <laughs> yeah, don't, neutral. Don't, don't fight against me. <laughs> he said, well, no, I need to know. And he, and uh, 
he said, well, I'm, I need $150. And the pastor fell over backwards in his chair and said, oh my Lord. He, uh, he said, the most we've ever given any evangelist for a week of meetings here is $90. That's the most we've ever been able to pay is $90. And here, Brother Higgins told him he needs 150 He said, if the Lord Jesus Christ came and held a meeting at this Pentecostal church, he wouldn't get $150, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, well, he said, that's why I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to get into fear negative he said he said and in fact i don't even want you to make a special appeal and i don't want you to say anything beyond normal just pass in fact don't even say you can just say this offering is for brother hagan and pass the plate Mm -hmm. he said because i'm standing on the word i'm believing the word not on the people and not on you yeah you know so so uh the end of the story is that before the end of the week on about Wednesday, he said he and his wife, Aretha, mom, Hagen, we called her, mm-hmm. they would exchange letters every day. He would write a letter and then she would write a letter so that every day they're reading a letter because finally the mail catches up, you know? Yeah. So, because he said it was too expensive to make long distance phone calls. And I mean, I mean, I remember those days where if it was a long distance phone call, it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. you, you would hear it throughout the whole house, you know? long it's aunt myrtle and it's long, long distance. distance you know and run you'd run you'd drop drop your coffee mug or whatever and run like crazy to yeah. to answer that call right. and so um he said well we did because it was expensive and they said i'm gonna make this quick my my train's train can you imagine mm-hmm. my train is delayed you know and yeah. and uh so y'all y'all wait you know till the next day to come or whatever to the to the train station so Something like that, but right. it would be quick. There was no, there was none of these hour and a half phone calls, you know, in those days because oh. it was it would run up the bill quite quick. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, Brother Hagen, he said they would write these letters. Well, she remember the pastor is about to have a heart attack because it's one hundred and fifty dollars. And Brother Hagen said uh, he called that Aretha wrote and said, "Well, honey, I hate to tell you this, but uh, another bill, some something had come in, and it has to be paid." you know, in the next week or so. And it's a, it's $150. It's a whole week's salary. Mm. His bill's got to be paid. <laughs> and he's like, I'm believing God with all I got just to make the budget. And now the budget's doubled for this week because yeah. they got to pay it that week. So he said, he said, I, I didn't tell the pastor, but he said <laughs> it was now going to be $300. And now the most they've ever given anybody is $90. Now he's got a three hundred dollar budget, right? And uh, and uh, and it's just worse. Mm-hmm. And it is so often like that. Is a, is about the time you think you're having a little breakthrough, you know? Um, there's a new bill that you didn't count on, and it right. has to be covered, and you yeah. can't wait any longer. And uh, you know, hey, we 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 still experience things like that. Oh, sure, and, yeah. You know, and so it, you know, it's part of the faith life, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, you believe God, and then somehow God does something. Just the just uh, to, uh yes, yesterday before this this taping, um, I I had a, a bill that um that was due, and I mean some bills due, and then there was this new bill that came that we didn't know about. You and right. I. And it was a lot. And mm-hmm. so we thought, oh man, you know, here we are believing God. And now we got this new bill. And then, <laughs> and then, so then I, I got a notice that another bill that I had kind of forgotten about or didn't know the timing, it was going to be taken out of the ch- checking account the next morning. <laughs> and I, and I didn't know what to do. I just said, well, Lord, thank you for providing on time. Yeah. And uh, someone, uh, called us and said, I'm going to send you, you know, some money that was not expected and I'm going to overnight it basically. And so it it was here on time and able to, you know, to cover everything that was needed for that moment. So I'm just saying, you know, God makes a way. Yes, he does. And, uh, and so anyway, we're talking about our convention coming up, but I'll tell you what there, I don't know if others have, have had a rough, start of 2023 we're believing it's the year of miracles amen but uh you know we've we've had some financial attack and i've read i can tell by the tone of facebook postings 
that others mm -hmm. <laughs> have similar issues. And, uh, you know, we've been in prayer whether or not to even have our meeting. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, the Lord really, I believe, prompted us that we're going to go full speed ahead. Right. Um, I won't use his exact language, but Captain James Farragut in the um, Civil War, you know, in Mo the Battle of Mobile Bay, he there was ironclads out there fighting the the Monitor and the Merrimack, <laughs> and uh, they're fighting each other and uh, shooting torpedoes and cannonballs and so forth. And so uh, they came to Captain Farragut and they said. Oh, you know, we, we possibly should retreat because, you know, there's all these torpedoes coming at us. Right. And he's, and he, he basically said, you know, curse the torpedoes. He didn't, he said the word for curse, you know, right. <laughs> but he said the D word, but he said, you know, curse the torpedoes full steam ahead. In other words, right. forget the torpedoes. Right. I don't care about them. We're gonna, we're in this, we're engaged and we're going to see it through. Right. And I think that's, such a part of faith of we're engaged and we're going to see it through. Exactly. Uh, and, and you really do have to um, just like a bulldog, you know, get on it and, and stay on it and I'm going to do it. Right. No what. Um, you said something else about an explorer this morning that we were talking about that as men wanted to go back to um, where was it? Spain. Um, well, yeah, uh, Cortez, yeah, the, Cortez. the uh, conquistador, right? <laughs> Cortez, uh, explorer, <laughs> was sent out and um, to you know explore part of the new world, and mm -hmm. uh, I think they were on the in Baja, California, because there's the Sea of that was Sea of Cortez was named after him, yeah, and um, there's things out west named Cortez, but anyway, he was he was um there with his spanish sailors mm -hmm. he's the conquistador and they've come to explore the part of the new world find gold find whatever right and so uh things weren't going well <laughs> you know people some men are probably dying of dysentery and you don't know what all right so the and then there's tribal people that feel they're being attacked and you know they're coming at them and you know it's just one thing after another yeah and um they kept saying, we've got three perfectly good ships here. Let's, or more, I don't know how many. I always see three because of Christopher Columbus. But <laughs> uh, he's got at least three, if not more, uh, ships out there uh, sitting in the water. And they kept talking about, let's rebel against the leadership and let's get on these ships and go home. We know the, yeah. We know the route. We can sail home. We want to see our wives, our children. We want, uh, you know, to eat better food and get away from these Western world sicknesses that we don't know how to treat. And let's go. And uh, this isn't going well. This is stupid. Yeah. Well, he heard of it. And so what he did is he burned the ships. Isn't that something? That's a lot of courage. He burned the ships. So the idea of escape was not possible. Mm -hmm. And they probably wanted to burn him next, you know, but. <laughs> Sometimes we, in our life, we need to burn the ships because sometimes one of the ships can be cancel this retreat. Yeah. For, what are you doing? Stop exactly. building the church. Stop building the house. Stop yep. doing something. Um, boy, we've had like a year of of these choices to make. You know, yeah. uh, some some personal investments and things that would have been easier to just pull back and stop. Right as to keep going forward yeah that's but true. we just kept going forward anyway and trusting god and you know he always comes through he does it's, I, I it's was not thinking, always comfortable no well it's not at all on the flesh um i was reading this morning in my in the back of my bible it said great men are ordinary men that didn't give up yeah and that's interesting you know when you think about right. it what's the difference is that this perseverance, this, I'm going yes. to do this. God told me to do it. I have his word on it. And, um, you know, it's going to come to pass. And I I never did cancel a Gulf Coast convention. I came really close many times, not many times, several times. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I never did cancel one. In fact, when Michael hit Panama City, um, we were going to have a November meeting 
that we had already advertised. Everything was go on go. And October uh, 10th that year, Michael, a Category 5 hurricane, yeah. hit our city. And uh, one of the most powerful ones in the United States ever. And just demolished, you know, especially the in-town part. And I'm still thinking we could do <laughs> we could do this meeting <laughs> because the beach was damaged, but not as much as yeah. in town. I thought we can do it. I know we can do it. You know, still didn't cancel it. But I got a call that said our meeting spot, uh, the roof had been hit. So they had and to close the building. They had to close. Yeah. So they canceled it. But um, I, w- I don't think I would have, David. I-, I think, you know, you get to going on it and you think if God's moving forward, I'm going to move forward. R.W. Schambach had a meeting in um, tent meeting in Central Park in mm. New York City. And uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He didn't have it in Central Park. He had the meeting in a park in Brooklyn or the Bronx, the Bronx, the Bronx. It was the Bronx. Yes. Wow. So, you know, some of those neighborhoods are different than others. OK. In other right, words, yeah. uh, some are safer than others. Sure. Different socioeconomic groups and right. things. So the Bronx, you know, is is a different atmosphere mm-hmm. than even Brooklyn and even uh, Manhattan, especially. Right. So he's got his tent up in this, like they've torn down some buildings. There's an empty lot. And he's rented it. He's got his big old tent up there, you know. Mm-hmm. And this was the same time that uh, Diana Ross was doing a concert at Central Park. Oh. There's the Central Park part. Right. And when the storm hit, you know, she had to run for it. They had to, they had to close the concert. She had to run and get mm-hmm. in a vehicle and go to the hotel. And they had to shut down the thing and move the people out. And it was a really, really bad storm, hundred year storm type thing. Wow. And so that same storm obviously hit Shambach's tent, blew it down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, so some of the pastors and local people said, well, let's go out there and help Brother Shambach, you know, get his tent packed up and get him sent home and hope, you know, hopefully nothing <laughs> bad. He said, they said, Brother Shambach, the tent is in tatters. It is, it's been ripped. It's going to have to be repaired, maybe replaced. There's no way we can put this tent back up. He said, we'll clear the tent. We'll go open air. <laughs> and they said, you can't go open air in the Bronx. But, you know, there's people in apartments that will shoot you and everything. They had all the truck tires shot out and, you know, I mean, it was like pandemonium a little bit, but Shambach, you know, undaunted said, you know, again, he was like Captain James Farragut. I don't care. The tent's blown down. Right. Full steam ahead. Full speed ahead. So they pulled the, they pulled the um, tent off the lot and they just said, set up the poles, put the lights up and we'll have chairs and we'll have open air. (laughs) Well, when he would give the altar call, for salvation uh he would look and in, the, in all those apartments lining that one block people were out on their balconies raising their hands accepting oh. jesus so the tent Praise which God. seemed like you had to have for safety and comfort right the tent was in the way of people even seeing the meeting mm. so you know it, what looked like a curse became a blessing and Praise um God. i'll tell you uh my friend rosie greer and i we were doing a uh, you might remember Rosie Greer was an NFL in a, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the team, Los Angeles Rams. Right. He was, uh, the, uh, defensive on the defensive line, the fearsome foursome. Right. <laughs> and, uh, in fact in this room, what we're taping from, I have a football that's signed you know, by all those guys, that's the fearsome so foursome that Rosie gave me as a present. But, uh, so Rosie Greer and I are doing this tent meeting in Augusta, Georgia. And long story short, one night, James Brown came out, you know, the godfather of soul. <laughs> ah, I feel good. You know. James Brown comes out to the tent meeting. And uh, at the end of the service, he accepts the Lord as his savior. I prayed personally with him, holding his hand and the wife, uh, his hand, uh, the wife, the hand of his wife. <laughs> yes. And they both got saved. They both got saved. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually had some complications of surgery six months later and died in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. So she went to heaven, praise God. I praise mean, she had come Lord. to this tent meeting and she told me, her name is Adrian, and she said, 
I'd never heard. I didn't know. I, I wanted to be saved, but I didn't know how. And I never heard. Isn't that something? something. And uh, living in the middle of the Bible Belt, you, you, don't, you don't know how to get saved. Uh, I'm not saying that's anybody's fault. I'm just saying that's what happened. Right, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, James uh, uh, Brown and, and his wife came and got saved. And boy, it made the devil mad. That 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 same night, it was a Friday night or mm -hmm. the next maybe Saturday. Uh, Augusta had the, one of the most uh, unusual microbursts of, um, you know, weather, right. a storm. Right. Uh, hurricane force winds would mm -hmm. just kick up here and there. And there were three places that the news reported that had structural damage from the storm. Now, let me tell you where those three places were. It was our tent. On Gordon Highway, got hit. That made the news. They came out to to interview us. The radio station that James Brown owned, that he went to to tell everybody to come to the meeting, he had mm -hmm. been blessed. They took it took the roof off of that. Wow. And the uh, third place, uh, I forget exactly, but it was related to our meeting as well. Mm -hmm. So this huge storm comes. The only three structures touched in the whole storm is what has to do with our tent meeting oh, now do absolutely. you think that there's spiritual warfare perhaps absolutely and so you know here we are we're just thinking we're just little happy pentecostal people out here having a tent revival yeah but you know the devil doesn't like it when a big uh a big fish like that like a james brown right uh comes into the kingdom no he doesn't like it it makes him mad because he thinks they've switched sides so to speak right and um I spent an hour and a half with James after that, but you know, the next day, but you, the same thing it blew our tent right down to the ground. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of miracles there, but one, one of the things that happened was that uh, the local ministerial association got together and just said, well, let's go help brother David uh, get a group up and pack his tent up and get him on his way. And one of our guys that was, a, part of the media and businessman, he said, um, brother David has decided that, um, the, the real men of God are going to stay and help put the tent back up <laughs> and where it's ripped, we'll sew it. And we're going <laughs> to, I had people out there trying to sew ripped tent pieces and, and we put the tent back up and said, we're going another week. <laughs> we're going another week. I love it. And uh, it grew, didn't it? Meeting. It grew like crazy, packed out. People were I saved and healed, and we had more celebrities fly in to help us. Donna Douglas came in. Oh, uh, right. You know, she played uh, Ellie Mae Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> we had a variety show, man. And so <laughs> she came in and sang and did her little Ellie Mae thing. And then um, uh, Glenn Leonard, who was the lead singer for The Temptations, oh, yeah. he came in and sang for us, and we just had all kind of fun. That's but awesome. I love I'm it. just saying that, you know, the tent blew, blew down and most people think that's it. Go home. Well, sure. And we're like, no, we're going to stay here. Tent or no tent. Right. Yeah. Rent a tent. Who cares? You know? know, that's true. Praise God. It's just um, amazing what God can do. If, if um, we just, like you said, the command of faith, yeah. if we just do what he says to do. He can turn, he can turn water into wine. He can just, you know, do all kinds of miracles and he wants to, and he wants to do that in your life too. So I hope we've encouraged you today. Um, you know, we are still having Gulf Coast conventions. We have one coming up soon, April 27th, yep. 28th and 29th. Yep. And that's going to be here in Tampa, Florida. The first time we've had one in Tampa and uh, we're really excited about it. It's going to be at our church, Grace Harvest Church, and there'll be some information that comes up on the screen. We ask you to register. Um, if you uh, are coming, because we do have limited seating, it's free. So you can just register. You don't have to pay anything. Right. But um, just be believing God with us for the finances to cover the meeting. And if you feel led to partner with us in that, yes. you know, support the meeting. And well, you know, our vision is to have many more Gulf Coast conventions yes. up and down the coast of Florida, yes. Alabama, Mississippi, right. and even Texas. You know, the Gulf 
the Gulf of Mexico is huge. From Naples to Brownsville. Yeah, that's right. Maybe Key West. Yeah. How many would want to go to Key West for a meeting? <laughs> so uh, anyway, we have a huge vision for these meetings. And um, again, if you'd like to partner, you know, some people have a ministry of giving. Yes. It's listed there in Romans chapter 12. Right. That um, that's part. Uh, everybody should give. I mean, we all give, you know. Uh, but there are people who um, they feel like the calling on their God, uh, of God on their life is to sponsor mm-hmm. the gospel being preached. And so, you know, if that's you, this would be a great um, meeting to support yeah. and to sponsor because of all the the power of God is so present. And it's it's there's so many things that happen. And I believe it's a marked time for people's lives and for their churches and, and um, mm-hmm. families, you know, it's, it's really interesting what all takes Amen. place. I, I can't even, I mean, I could go on and on and I know this has been a long podcast already, but uh, it's good ground. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Yes. It's really good ground. Amen. To sow into. Amen. So remember, or come out, be with us April 27th, 28th, 29th. And, um, we appreciate you tuning in, listening. And if you if this has blessed you, maybe it would bless others. So let others know about the podcast. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, baby, for doing it with me. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm privileged and honored. <laughs> God bless you. Have a great day. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, But we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.